Welcome to the Get to Vet podcast, where we bridge the knowledge gaps in the military transition process so you can focus on what's ahead. Hey, Get to Vet listeners, this is Mike. And now for my personal disclaimer, although I am active duty military, I'm not an official spokesperson of the United States Navy. Any of my views expressed on the Get the Vet podcast are based on my personal experience. Thanks for listening. Hey there, Get to Vet podcast and community listeners. I am Trevor Maxwell, and with me as always is... The lovely Mike Riggs. Yeah, very <laughs> lovely. And uh, today we, we got an awesome uh, episode today. Our guest today is somebody who... Uh, is well known in the the Tidewater Virginia Beach Hampton Roads area uh, as as far as entrepreneurship, uh, and he just happens to be a retired Navy EOD guy. So um, I'll, I'll let him introduce himself. But today we got a very awesome guest, uh, Bob Pizzini. Hey, thank you, Trevor. Thank you, Mike. Uh, I think you guys are doing great things, trying to help out our uh, brothers and sisters in arms. And I'm just happy to be here and hope I can help. Yeah, we're, we're glad to have you because I know you've got a lot of stuff to contribute. Um, so if you don't know, Bob, uh, he owns the wind tunnel here in Virginia Beach. I fly Virginia Beach. If you've ever been down to the ocean front, uh, you can't miss it. Um, and, and so he, the, the thing that I like about that is he took something that had been talked about for years and years and years. And, you know, he, he did something that a lot of people don't do. Instead of just talking about it, he went and dug into it and, and started doing the research, kind of like what Mike and I did with this podcast. And, you know, he started something that has just kind of blossomed and grown. And and now you're, I mean, you know, I think you're, you're the bee's knees in terms of uh, veteran business owners here in this area. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, sure. So we just started year number seven. We opened in January of 2015. Now, I started pursuing this project somewhere around January 2009, uh, right when I got back from Iraq. So, um, you know, six years from start losing sleep over the concept till we opened our doors, which uh, just really represents endurance. You know, it represents a strong belief and, um, and endurance. And, you know, one thing Navy EOD uh, instilled in me is just that, you know, we're, we're here for the long term. We endear and um, we'll, get, we'll get the mission accomplished one way or another. So, uh, but, you know, kind of more, more specifically, um, this was a good idea. It wasn't, I wasn't the one who came up with the good idea. Guys have been talking about it for years and years and years before I started losing sleep over it, but nobody executed. And, and it just seems so blatantly obvious to me that, that this would happen in Virginia Beach. If I didn't open um, a, a wind tunnel and I fly in this case in Virginia Beach, somebody else would eventually. And I just felt well positioned to do it given my, my last assignment at the training unit. You know, I was what, what was back then called the N5. I was responsible for all the sustainment and advanced airborne training and all the sustainment and advanced diving training. And in the airborne uh, role, we would go to the other wind tunnels around the country. And while there, you know, I was doing a little bit of business research, even though I couldn't really spell the word business back then. But, um, but I was doing business research, just trying to trying to determine if this was feasible in Virginia Beach. And, um, you know, one day I just thought, man, I, I've, I've got to try. I at least have to try. Even if I don't succeed, I have to try. And um, 
So, so what I did is, like I said, I couldn't spell the word business. You know, we're good at spending millions of dollars when we're in uniform and, um, but we don't maintain profit and loss statements and we don't read balance sheets and we don't do the true functions of a business per se. So I, uh, through the Hampton Roads Chamber of Commerce, they have something called the Small Business Development Center. And they have these courses you can go through, write your business plan 101, which is what I did. And, and that really, at the completion of that course, that was really the starting point because that's when you start to meet people, you, you uh, engage with people who say, okay, you look pretty good here, but you don't look so good over here. And here's somebody who can help you in those areas. And so I just you know, went from one step to the next step, to the next step, to the next step, and good people along the way who helped me and consultants that I paid along the way. But that got me, uh, I, I would say, ready for prime time. So I, I had a business plan that was well-developed I had a background uh, that was well-developed, just like you all do, 26 years in, in my case, 26 years in special operations. Um, I've managed to achieve graduate education over that time frame, and uh, done other things, you know, marathon and, and different things, things that represent endurance, things that represent that you can be in it for the long haul. And so besides having a good business plan, you know, I put myself forward as well. And when it, when it came time to engage investors, you're establishing a long-term relationship. So the business plan is only part of what they look at. They look at who are we about to uh, develop a long-term relationship with, and, and they look very close. And, and so in my case, that process went well. It took a long time, but it went well. And you know, so I have a partner in the business and here we are seven years later and it's a wonderful partnership. So hopefully, hopefully that kind of tells the story. Yeah, definitely. And, and you said a couple of things there that, that rang true with me, uh, especially when you're talking about entrepreneurship. So in the military, like you said, we're used to, you know, going out and, and, you know, having these budgets and, and spending all this money on stuff, you get out and you go into business for yourself. And it, it is, it's a lot different. You're like, wait, what? you mean I have to pay $1,500 for that or whatever? Um, that, that for me, I was like, huh. Um, it, you know, so that, that, that was a big thing for me. And then the other piece, uh, you, you know, taking, taking a, cause that's, you know, when you talk about people whose businesses fail, probably the number one thing is, is financial uh, issues. And they don't understand like, you know, financial uh, ratios and, and how to use that stuff to make adjustments to your business. And then the other piece, you were talking about paying consultants and stuff like that. That's, that's another one that's, yeah, it costs you money, but at the same time, when you're running a business, like that's, that's, you have to think of it more as an investment than a cost. Um, yeah, it's investment and, and you can directly relate it to ROI to return on investment. There's no doubt about it. I, and the things you mentioned there, I got kind of lucky. Um, my partner is very business savvy and they realized who they were uh, establishing a relationship with and, and my level of exposure to multi-million dollar business operations previously. So they, they really provide, provided and continue to provide this mentorship for me. Uh, so so you know, my advice to, to our brothers and sisters who are separating and seeking to become entrepreneurs seek out people like that, people who have um, a lot of experience, a lot of wisdom, a lot of knowledge, and they're willing to kind of mentor you, so to speak, because they see the value in you. 
Um, and so anyway, I'll take a pause there. I think one of the things that you, you're talking about and one of the underlying themes, you know, it takes a lot of courage to do some of the things that we've done in our careers, you know, the jumping out of planes and going diving and dealing with explosives and things like that. One of the things that we talked about with Chad last week, having the courage to go seek mental health help eventually. One of the things with entrepreneurship, I think it takes a hell of a lot of courage to branch off and go, I, I think I got this. I think I can handle this. But I think it also takes the humility to do some of the things that you've done to say, I don't know what I don't know. And I need to go and seek help and find those experts that can help me out along this process to make me successful. And I think you've really laid out the plan and talked a lot about that. And, and it, it takes courage in order to do that and humility to reach out to those folks to make yourself successful. You know, I agree with everything you said. The other thing is what it's been my experience anyway. If you're willing to commit, they're willing to commit. They're looking for people who are serious. You know, at the end of the day, these are investors. These are entrepreneurs. These are people who want to help others succeed and they want success for themselves. And, and what they're looking for is, is commitment. Yeah, it's funny because I'm, I'm now, a, I've got into the public speaking realm and, and coaching and, uh, you know, executive training, executive coaching. And uh, as I was getting into this trade space, so to speak, somebody who's been doing it for a long time and very experienced, her advice to me was show up on time, speak for the amount of time you said you were going to speak, and then leave. She said, that's what they're looking for more than anything else. Dependability and reliability. <laughs> yeah. Well, another important thing that you hit on too, that you know, I've kind of spent the last year working on too, is that personal branding piece, especially if you're going to be a business owner. And so, you know, from my own experience, I, when I retired, you know, I, you know, went to work in financial services. I, you know, the guy that I started working with, um, you know, very knowledgeable about stuff, taught me a lot about like financial services, but, um, you know, the way he was doing things wasn't the way that I really wanted to. And so, you know, I left there last year and went to go work with the guy that I work with now, Scott Tucker. And cause I saw what he was doing from a personal branding perspective. And I was like, I want to learn how to do that. And that's you speaking about courage. That's, that's another thing, you know, courage. Mike and I have talked about this a lot too. Like the courage of like, you know, cause I remember us sitting there at Buffalo wild wings when this whole thing started, like, man, I hate the sound of my voice and uh, <laughs> you know, but we were like, ah, screw it, man, whatever people will like it or they won't. Um, if they don't like it, no big deal. But um, you know, if they do, then awesome. And, and we were just talking this morning about, you know, uh, some people that have reached out to us and be like, Hey man, I like what you guys are doing. It's good stuff. And uh, so that's, that's awesome. That, that makes me feel like, okay, it was definitely worth it to take that risk and put myself out there. Um, and, you know, the same thing, you know, I've been doing over the last year. Um, it, it is, that's, that's another entirely different kind of courage to, to do that. Cause you, you're probably going to have some people that are like, Oh yeah, look at this guy, whatever. But uh, I always remember the saying that I like was uh, very rarely will your haters ever be more successful than you. Very rarely, if ever, um, because I do have haters and, and successful people have haters. I think that's a, uh, you know, a requirement of success is to have haters and you know, to some extent in uniform too. Right. But, uh, but I, I think, um, 
uh, it's kind of like you just said, you got to just be willing to put yourself out there. And if, if you screwed it up, you screwed it up, you know, and, and you just admit you screwed it up and, you know, whoops, I won't do that again. And you move on. You know, I, uh, uh, a couple of years ago, they, they have something here called Hampton Roads Dancing with the Stars. And uh, they asked me to participate in that. It's this big fundraiser, right? And so, so at the age of, I don't know, I guess I was 51 or 52, something like that. I learned how to ballroom dance, you know, and, and it's the last thing on the planet I wanted to do. You talk about getting outside your comfort zone, right? But it was a community support effort. And I was well positioned to make a contribution because of my company and my team at iFly. And, you know, I could really, I could really help push this thing and raise money for uh, the performing arts and for a, a very uh, worthy cause here in Virginia Beach. But man, oh man, I, I thought, what the hell am I doing? And, and, you know, and then at some point in the training, after I learned like one dance step, it's like, oh, okay, I got it. Now I'm going to win the big mirror ball trophy, right? Like, like any EOD tech, I'm like, oh, I got this. All right. I'm going to be the best at it. And then, uh, of course, I didn't win the mirror ball trophy, but I had a blast doing it. I went five miles outside of my comfort zone. My comfort zone expanded, but my team, you know, this was, and this is almost like a lesson in leadership. My team coalesced around my effort. They helped promote. I didn't ask them to, they helped promote, they helped push, you know, they bought tickets and they attended and they made these signs and, and, and it was just super, it was fun for everybody. You know, it was, uh, it was just quite the experience. That's awesome. And, and, you know, you were talking about that, your team, uh, that reminded me of, uh, an event that we had down there at iFly where you, you know, gave a little presentation about, you know, organizational leadership and, and you talked about something else we'll hit on here in a little bit. Um, you, you had this video that you showed us that your crew made where they, they did like the Backstreet Boys song. I want it that way. And, <laughs> and, and I think that's uh, I thought it was funny. I was like, I wonder if anybody else in here knows all the words of this song, like I do. And, uh, <laughs> Oh, that's an admission. Cause I was sitting there like shaking my head, like, tell me why. Um, but anyways, uh, that's an important part too, for of entrepreneurship, especially when you're building a team is making sure that you have that, that, that culture where, you know, where people can do stuff and they're, they're motivated. And, and that's proof positive of that. The fact that your team without any provocation just said, Hey, let's help Bob uh, go out and promote this. Yeah, they, uh, it's, it, it's a, it's a great team. Um, that Backstreet Boys thing, you know, that's, that's another sign of a great team. They took that upon themselves to do that. They made this music video where they're flying in the flight chamber and they're walking around, I flying and doing all this stuff. And that's just creativity. It's, uh, it's dedication to each other. Right. And that's what teams are about. It's about being there for your teammate, being, being there for each other. And, and that's, my biggest responsibility as the owner of this business is to create that environment. You use the word culture and that's huge. I have to create the culture. Um, I, I create a culture where the rest of the team members, they feel ownership. And, and I tell them straight up, I said, I want you to walk around like you own the place, act like you own the place. And, and it just really works out well. It's, it's uh, you know, I, I, I didn't get it right with everything I've done uh, with, with team members past and present, but at least I've learned from, you know, what works and what doesn't continue to learn. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. I, 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 you know, it looks like a fun place to work. I was like, man, I wish I was better at, at skydiving. I would, <laughs> um, 
I'm, I'm, I'm really good at just jumping out and falling. I can't do any of the cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to take my, I got to take my girls there for the Insoft uh, event you had there. I think two years ago, I was still working up the U S Senate and I think my girls were four and seven at the time. And you want to talk about getting them out of their comfort zone. I didn't get dad of the year that year. Cause my four-year-old wanted to get out. And I was like, Nope, Nope. You stay in, stay in. She was <laughs> by the, I think by the second iteration, she was, she was really digging it and had a blast. You know, it's one of those Good. lifelong memories, you know, their face squished in the helmet and their goggles on everything. I've got photos that are hanging on their wall. They still remember it. It was just a experience of a lifetime. They loved it. And, uh, you know, thanks, thanks for doing that for us. Oh, yeah. no, that's cool. That's, it's the cutest thing in the world. The smaller they are, the cuter they are. You know, we fly kids as young as three. And it's funny because uh, mission, vision, values, right? So you have your, your mission statement, your vision statement, and then I have core values in my organization are just three, loyalty, integrity, and professionalism. But as far as the mission goes, our mission statement from the day we opened was delivering the dream of flight. And what I've noticed over the years is really what happens is we bring people together through the dream of flight. So this year, 2021, I changed our mission statement to bringing people together through the dream of flight. And the way you just described it, Mike, um, it's a memory, you know, it's a family memory and it will be with your children uh, and you for the rest of your lives. And, 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 and just think about, I mean, for us as adults, you know, we, we conceptualize the memory one way, but just think about this memory these kids are going to have for the rest of their lives. It's just really, um, uh, it's it, it's energizing is what it is. And I see it every single day. And it, it just, it, it never gets old. Yeah. I, I know I took my boys there too. That was a, a Christmas present that we got for them and they love it. And they, you know, every once in a while, that's the, the two big things they love. And well, aside from going to the beach is, um, you know, the adventure park down there by the aquarium. And then, uh, Oh, I love that place too. Yeah. yeah. They ask about, uh, going back to the wind tunnel. So I need to come back down there soon. Maybe I'll get my, well, give me a call. You know, I definitely have, uh, special arrangements for, um, for the special operations community, the Naval special warfare community. So just get a hold of me. And that goes out to all the listeners out there as well. Yeah, definitely. We'll do. I might take you up on that sooner than you think. But, hey, uh, now's the time. We're in the quote unquote slow season, even though yeah. we're not really slow, but <laughs> cool. I'll, I'll go talk to my wife as soon as we get done with this. Um, but uh, so, you know, kind of, so we see what you're doing now and that's awesome. And I know you had some other stuff going on as far as uh, like the Hampton roads area, trying to bring like a professional sports team to the area. I don't know. Are you still doing that? We are. And like all things, uh, it takes time. It takes a long time. But uh, what we're trying to do is through hockey. Um, I coach high school hockey this year. And um, I was, I'm, I, I'm the quasi college coach at Regent University, quasi because there's no season this year. But um, through hockey, we are trying to, number one, build a new rink with two sheets of ice that can facilitate junior hockey and semi-professional hockey at different levels. You know, the Admirals are already here as a semi-professional team and through, uh, through different organizations, including the Navy SEAL Foundation, actually, we're growing and expanding hockey. And uh, ultimately we would like to maybe be a summer training camp location for one or more NHL teams and then kind of see what happens from there. But that's, that's kind of where the professional sports thing is with me. It's all, centered around hockey. The only other thing was indoor skydiving is actually a sport as well. 
you know, indoor skydiving, right? Flying in a tunnel. It's, it's kind of like an ice sport. If, if you go ice skating one Sunday afternoon, that was an amusement experience. If you go ice skating two Sundays every month, it becomes a recreational activity for you. And then you can get involved in figure, sp- figure skating or hockey or curling, you know, and, and you now participate in ice sports. And indoor skydiving is the same way. So through that lens, we developed a U.S. national championship of indoor skydiving. We held the first three events. So I think it was 2017, 2018, 2019. We held them here at iFly Virginia Beach. We established ourselves as a national training center. And the U.S. national championship is a selection event for the world championship of indoor skydiving. And just like a world championship in soccer, or world championship and uh, they just had the, uh, the downhill in Italy. Um, there's a world cup every year and then a world championship every, so they rotate every other year. One year it's a cup, the other year it's a championship. So, and that existed on the national or on the international stage. So we created the organization and, and did all the sporting things you need to do to establish indoor skydiving as a sport to participate internationally. And so that's, that's my other kind of, hat in the ring with sports. It's funny that you actually equate ice skating and wind tunnel to the same thing, because you can watch somebody ice skate and then you put skates on the first time and you fall on your ass and you look like a baby giraffe. The same thing with a wind tunnel. Those, those folks that you have, even your instructors on there in the tunnel that can fly like, uh, like an Eagle. Yeah. And then you get in there the first time and you look like a baby giraffe. <laughs> and those folks you're talking about, they're competing on the national level. You, you watch the YouTube videos or whatever. I mean, it, it, they make it look so easy. But I'll tell you what, you get in there the first few times you do it, it is, it is something else. And they make it look so, so easy. It is truly a sport. And the amount of agility and the control and the, that, that those folks have, I mean, it's phenomenal. That's a good observation. It's exactly right. I, th- I thought it was actually easier to do like outdoor skydiving than indoors. Cause I remember, you know, Mike and I went to free fall together and uh, we got in the wind tunnel and we just looked like you threw a piece of plywood in there and we're just flopping all crashing into the wall. And, and, um, but <laughs> you know, then on my first actual jump, I was like, Oh, this isn't, this is way easier than the wind tunnel. Probably cause there wasn't anything to really, crash into except exactly. for you know, the side of a mountain exactly you could be tracking forward at 80 miles an hour and not even know it in a wind tunnel you track forward at three miles an hour you're going to bang in the glass <laughs> <laughs> so do you still make time to go do outdoor skydiving at all i do nowhere near as much as i used to um I'm, I'm, there's a group of us that um, um we lease a helicopter uh four or five times a year and out in pungo a buddy of mine owns a hundred acre farm out there. So we go do helicopter jumps. It's just quick and easy. And, and, uh, and it's a, it's a ton of fun. Um, haven't been out to Suffolk, got to have Suffolk in a little while, but really what I want to do and, and I need to get this figured out is I, I just, I need to go to Arizona for like five or six or seven days, a couple times a year and just, just get it all in, you know, in that time frame, and, and, yeah. uh, and, and be done with it, be happy with it. But I, I love it. I, I still love the outdoor stuff too. Yeah, that's that's one thing I miss. I haven't really, I haven't done it since since I've retired. Uh, I didn't think I would miss it as much as I as I do. 
Um, but it, it was fun. So, you know, kind of shifting gears here and, you know, you had some other really important stuff that you wanted to talk about. And I think this is definitely, you know, for guys like Mike that are getting ready to retire, um, a good topic to hit on is as far as your transition, could you kind of tell, talk a little bit about that and some of the issues you had and some of the programs that you found to help out with it? Yeah, you bet. Well, like, like most people, you know, I went through the, the traditional TAP transition assistance program over at Naval Station Norfolk, and they have the executive TAP. And Mike, if you haven't been to that, I'm sure you're slated to go. And those are good programs uh, at best. So, so I don't say, oh, what, you know, there's no value there or anything like that. There's value there. But it depends on who you are and what you want to do uh, in, in, you know, how much value you really, you really pull out of that. But that's all that existed back then. Now we have the Honor Foundation, which I know you guys are familiar with and hopefully most of the listeners are. And that is a whole different level. That's executive level across the board. And, um, and, and, and Trevor, I know that you're a, uh, you're a coach mentor with the Honor Foundation as I am and, and so organizations like that, uh, people, you, you have to, you have to go to that. Even if you don't, even if you just want to go be a farmer somewhere, go to those programs anyway, because you're going to meet people and be exposed to new concepts and new things that um, might just really trigger something in you. So, uh, so going through those formal programs, um, and if you want to be an entrepreneur, then there's additional programming and additional resources. There are so many resources available to veterans. It's almost overwhelming, really. And so you have to uh, kind of decide what it is you want to do and then align those resources that are there to help you and, and really maximize that. The thing about that is that never really ends. Those resources are there as long as you're um, around and, and want to take advantage of those. And, and for me, one of those resources was um, an organization called the Boot Campaign, which funded, uh, they funded, they created this program at the Marcus Institute uh, for Brain Health in Aurora, Colorado, in conjunction with VHP, Virginia High Performance, a local private gym that was, that was um, opened. It's, it's an HPI, Human Performance Initiative-based training center that was opened by uh, retired Navy SEAL, Alexander Oliver. And um, these programs, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't even exposed to these programs until 10 years after I retired, you know, eight or nine or 10 years after I retired, but these programs were tremendous. I know for the active duty component, it's, uh, NICO and Bethesda, and they have, uh, some other, some other satellites. I think there's one at Lejeune that I think you guys talked about last week. And these programs are, they're, they're all, they all have the same foundation. I think, I think Dr. Jim Kelly is the, the gentleman's name who, who put this all together, but this is really about brain health more than anything else. And as veterans, especially veterans of special operations, um, we have, we're more susceptible to TBI and, and other things that could lead to PTSD. And this program for me, the Marcus Institute for Brain Health through the boot campaign was just this eye-opening, really life-changing experience because I learned so much about brain and heart health, things I wish I would have learned 25 years ago, to be honest. But a lot of the science wasn't even proven 25 years ago. And, and that's one of the reasons I think this is, this is life-changing stuff. But for veterans out there, 
you know, NICO is for the active duty component and I'm not hundred percent current on this. So you guys correct me if, if I'm not putting this out properly, NICO is for the active duty component. And then the Marcus Institute for brain health is primarily for veterans. And the programs are roughly the same. It is a four week, uh, it's about an eight week program from start to finish. Uh, the VHP Virginia high performance, that is 30 days of two training sessions per day at, uh, again, this local private gym. And part of your intake into that is working with a dietitian, working with a speech pathologist, um, working at uh, massage, chiropractor. They do extensive labs and, and they really ascertain your health. And then they say, okay, what's your objective? Where do you, where do you want to take your health to? If you want to gain weight, they'll have you gain weight. If you want to lose weight, they'll have you lose weight. If you want to run faster, they'll make you run faster. Um, you know, for me, it's all about having good lab work uh, as, I, as I'm now 55 years old. And, and for me, it's about mental clarity and feeling energetic. And, uh, you know, three years or so ago, uh, which is four years into the iFly thing, I just started to feel slower. I felt like this, I felt this, this partial fog uh, starting to set in. I just didn't have the mental clarity that I had had throughout my entire career. And, and luckily, you know, this veterans program was available to me. And, and for anybody who's interested, start by going to the boot campaign. Just go online and Google the boot campaign. And that's your point of entry if you're a veteran. But uh, uh, the thing you're talking about, the presentation I did, Trevor, is something that I, I got largely from uh, this process. And then I just evaluated my entire professional life. And I put together the following. There are six components that are critical to leadership. They're really critical to quality of life, period. But if you want to be a good leader, you have to pay attention to the following six things on a daily basis. Rest, hydration, nutrition, exercise, brain and heart health, and lifelong learning. And those are the six things that uh, I would say early in my career to, to even mid-career, we hear about those things, but we don't consciously daily give them the attention that they warrant. And if you're not well-rested and you're not well-hydrated and perhaps you're not well-nourished, your exercise is not going to benefit your brain and heart nearly as much as it would if you were well-rested, well-hydrated, well-nourished, right? So all these things tie in together. And that's a big part of my day now, making sure I pay, I pay attention to all of those things. Hydration, for example, something as simple as hydration. Most people don't know how much fluid they should consume on a daily basis. And if you don't know how much you should consume, then you certainly don't know how much you are consuming. And, and so having a, I don't have my water bottle here with me. I normally do, but, That's how I got but having, mine. yeah, there you go. Having a metered water bottle. I have Nalgene's at home and Nalgene's at work, 32 ounces. I have to consume three of those per day to hit my, my, uh, to hit my numbers. If I work out a little bit more now, I know how much it is. And I have my metered water bottles all over the place. I still don't hit that every single day, but I try to. Most people walk around in a state of dehydration. And I'm just giving you one little example of how that one little thing can slow my thinking. It can slow my executive functioning. And that can make me not see something I should, realize something I should, or make a decision that 
uh, I, I later wind up going, what was I thinking? Take, I'll take a knee there. <laughs> for, yeah. For entrepreneurship, that's, that's definitely a big one. And, and a lot of, a lot of people when they start out, you know, building a business, all that stuff goes to the wayside. I'm, I'm guilty of that too. And that's, you know, that's something that I'm at the point now where it's, it's growing and it's, it's starting to take off and I'm like, okay, I need to shift my focus back to this. And, and I know a, a couple of the folks that work there at Virginia high performance. And uh, you know, that's one of the things I'm probably going to look at, you know, later this year is um, trying to get into that program. Cause that's, you know, for me, oh. yeah. Oh, go. And I'll tell you what, awesome people there. That's the other thing is, as you go through these programs, you meet people who are in this line of work because they care. And it is, it's, that's part of the process. You know, you just, you, you connect with these people. Yeah. Trevor, if you haven't been man boot campaign and um, I would, I would lock into that as quick as you can. You know, Roger Perkins, I had a big discussion with him. He wound up going, um, uh, I'm trying there's three or four or five other people. Um, and it's been a while since I've checked in, but uh, probably I think four or five other people that have gone, you know, that I've personally referred and, and they all, they all have the same opinion. That was incredible. Tim yeah. Pierce. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I, I know like, so you hit, hit up on, on programs like uh, the honor foundation compared to GPS. And I guess this is a great, cause Mike is going through the honor foundation right now. So oh, good. And I'm speaking in March next and, month. And the, the reason that we're here is because <laughs> of, you know, him sitting there talking to me and, and both of our like, you know, we felt there was a lot lacking from, from the, the DOD sponsored stuff. Not cause it's, you know, it's, it's not that the people don't care. It's just that the, the resources that they have mm-hmm. are, are limited and they have a, an, a finite amount of space to cram it into. So Mike can, I guess, maybe elaborate a little bit on that and your experience. I just felt I, I had to do the online course because of the COVID environment. And I was in a specifically a retiree. They didn't even put me in an executive class. They just jammed us all on a retiree. So I had E6s through, I think it was O6s at the time. So it seemed to be really an inch deep and just really broad focused. And I thought really one of the spots where it lacked was no representation from TRICARE at all. And especially having worked up on the hill where, and even turn on the news, healthcare, 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 healthcare. That's all you hear is healthcare. And that's all I heard up on Capitol Hill is healthcare. And to not have someone in there to talk and focus on, this is what you need to focus on. This is some of the things you need to think about. This is what TRICARE affords you. This is what it doesn't, you know, have someone in there to focus on that. Because I think that's really one of the important things we need to talk about. No one, it was called, so-and-so at 757 and she'll answer your questions that resonated with me and the other thing that resonated with me was trevor and i talk a lot about the survivor benefit plan um it seems to be pitched as the a lot of the that's kind of the end all not the end all be all but it's the primary that's the 80 percent solution for everyone uh i think if we research that a lot it's not um but it, but it's spoken as such so i don't i won't say it's a false representation but i think it's Overrepresented, overrepresented. Uh, so, and then that, that made me somewhat frustrated, which sparked this idea. And I just thought we could leverage folks such as you to speak much more in depth, to walk, to walk the path, and to get the information out a little bit, a lot better. 
than than what they're putting out currently. And, and, and I think just like anything, you know, when we make things mandatory, it sometimes tends to get watered down a little bit. And, and you, you have to push massive resources to get it across the masses. And I think if we're fortunate enough to go to, to, to be involved in organizations such as like the Honor Foundation, I did commit as well. Commit set me up great, gave me a great background to transition into the Honor Foundation because I knew a lot of the things going into the Honor Foundation, starting to answer those why questions and things like that, that I had a, you know, a solid background. Uh, the Honor Foundation is phenomenal. I love it. Uh, and I'm only, you know, a month or so into it. Uh, but a lot of folks, the vast majority of the military, they don't have those resources. So they have to go out and, and we're trying to afford, you know, the medium to, to get them that information. So that was really the genesis of this. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, you know, SBP, that's a great example. Um, you, what needs to be presented is your options because you can comparison shop with SBP and maybe SBP is the right fit, but what else is out there for that money? What else could I do with that money that has a long-term, uh, long-term protection for my family? So that's one, that's one good example. TRICARE, I'll tell you what, I've been using TRICARE for, for 12 years since I retired, had a major back surgery. My wife had a major knee surgery. I don't know how it works. <laughs> it's been working, but I don't know how it works. And, you know, every now and then you get a bill for a copay and you go, wow, where'd that come from? And you make the phone calls and they go, oh, you know, this, that, and the other, and you had a copay. And then other times you expect a copay and nothing shows up. So, you know, <laughs> uh, you're right. There needs to be, and then they change things from time to time, especially with the dental coverage. And, um, but those are things that um, do need more attention on a regular basis. And yeah. I think we're well taken care of through TRICARE. Don't get me wrong. It, we are <clears throat> insane to complain about TRICARE. Right. Trust me, for, for retired military folks. But I think we can be much more educated on some of the nuances in, yeah. in the program and, and educate retiring and separating service members on what their true benefits are and what the fine print is and things, you know, so, so they can better prepare on their way out. You know, one of the things I've discovered being retired military is almost like a part to full-time job unto itself managing all your stuff with the va especially if you've got a disability rating and you're maintaining or you have worsening conditions uh and then the tricare stuff it it takes a lot of time to manage uh these programs that generally speaking are good programs you know they really are but it just takes takes time to manage all that stuff you hey, go you, for your appointments and <laughs> have you used va healthcare or dental at all I don't believe so. I think we're just using the Delta Dental or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. um, so I do use VA healthcare to some extent, but I also use, uh, you know, my, my civilian provider with, through TRICARE. I, I use them both. Yeah. I, I mean, I know we had uh, Jose Nicola, uh, who he's pretty knowledgeable on like the VA healthcare system, but that, I think that's something that we definitely need to dive a little deeper into because that is another huge uh, resource. I know there's, the problem is, is that, that I've kind of seen with the VA stuff is, is that they only, it's, you know, sensationalism. They only publicize like the bad stuff and they don't talk right. about all the good stuff. And I, I think that that definitely needs a change because that I think discourages people. The same issues we had with mental health 
uh, for the longest time they're like oh yeah don't go seek help for you know mental stuff because you'll you know everybody will think you're a shit bag and it's like mm-hmm. no dude no no you're you are doing that person a disservice by talk telling them stuff like that i've had good success with the va healthcare and uh, you're right. There's, there's all you hear about is the bad stuff, but there's so much good stuff that they're doing. And, and then to have the TRICARE augment, you know, if something is timely, like I had this you know, crazy thing happen in my neck and my shoulder and, and I, I was seen relatively quickly and had the MRI and all that. So it, it, it's working out pretty well. Nice. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you, the business is, uh, still going, uh, yeah, I'm going to go talk to my wife when we get off here and see when we can come down there. But, uh, I was thinking about that before we got on. I'm like, I can totally see iFly as like the, the Ferris wheel of Virginia Beach for 10, 15, 20 years from now where you're going to park and you're going to be like, where, where are you parked at? Well, I'm like six blocks up from iFly. You know, it, it's, it's what it's going to be. I think that's where you guys are going to be at, you know, a decade or two from now. It's because it, you're going to be cool. there. The, uh, the beef jerky store is uh, right next door to us over here. And when people yeah. call and say, where are you at? He goes right next to the iFly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good place too. If you haven't been there, man, he's, maybe I'll, maybe yeah, I'll check incredible. it out. Maybe Mike and I should come down there together and do some, some content or something like shoot some videos. It'd be hey. a lot better than our, our intro video. So whatever you guys want, man, we can do it all. We can do it all. We can do anything here. That's the, that's the cool thing about this organization and the people here we can do uh if you can think of it we can do it just like that 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 darn backstreet boys video yeah oh man i would love to star on one of those um (laughs) (laughs) but uh (laughs) so uh, i guess uh you know we can kind of getting close to the to the end of the road here for this particular one i definitely think it'd be worthwhile to have you come back again uh and talk some more but um, as far as, you know, some other, any other kind of advice that you might have for folks that are getting out, uh, just maybe given your perspective. Yeah. So the other thing I'll say, you know, when I talked about the six things that I think are critical, rest, hydration, nutrition, exercise, brain and heart health, and lifelong learning, lifelong learning. Um, don't ever stop learning. It, it doesn't matter if it's the ballroom dance thing, or you just pick up a book and read it, or you, you learn how to referee a, a youth sport or you coach a youth sport or you take up woodworking. You know, we got O'Connor woodworking and, and um, we have uh, Dave Demers down there in, in Panama City Beach doing woodworking. And, and we just have uh, in, in Jimmy Hinsky, he's retired. Uh, he's retired Navy SEAL. He's got Valhalla's Forge, if you're familiar with that. There's just, um, and, and when I interact with these people, they're always like excited about learning the next thing. And, and so my advice is it doesn't matter what it is, just learn it, man. Just go out there and, and, and learn the next thing and be energized and be excited. And um, that'll, that'll kind of help, you know, if there, if there are demons um, about, that helps really keep them away. Yeah. Jeff just had a birthday yesterday. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. We have a, a pretty, uh, Mike, I think you're on there too. We have a pretty... Um, not safe for work text string going and <laughs> we were talking about it yesterday. So awesome. I guess, so I guess uh, the other big thing with that too is, you know, if people want to engage you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah. Well, just call iFly. I mean, iFly, uh, like Mike alluded to, it's pretty recognizable down here. So 
um, you can call uh, and ask for me or uh, that, that's the quickest, easiest way. Um, my email, bob at iflyvabeach.com. I love hearing from teammates past and present and or I should say past, I guess. But uh, uh, and, and I've had, you know, I've had retiring 06s uh, come in and chat and, and just say, you know, uh, what do you recommend or how'd you do it? So I, I'm happy to talk with anybody anytime. All I do is share my story. I mean, you know, it either res- resonates or it doesn't. And, and so Bob at iflyvabeach.com is the easiest way to get a hold of me. I'm on all the social medias and all that stuff, but you know, that's Bob at iflyvabeach.com. I'm just a simple email guy. Awesome. Well, that's a, that's a rare thing nowadays. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, what you got? Oh, Bob, thanks for, thanks for coming on the show. I mean, it's great insight. The entrepreneur piece. I mean, that's, that takes tons of courage. Like we talked about earlier and you know, the, the anxiety of getting out and then couple that with the, the courage that it takes to get into the entrepreneur, uh, side of the house. I mean, that's, that's just phenomenal. And in, in given your insight, I mean, I, I think it's going to help a lot of folks out and really appreciate it. We got a lot of good teammates out there who can, who can really help each other out. And that's what it's all about. Yep. Well, thank you for being a good teammate too, Bob. Um, you, you know, I appreciate, and I've, I've followed your stuff for a while and I always appreciate what you're doing and uh, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show too. Well, Hey, thanks for having me guys. It's been a lot of fun. Love, love talking to the brotherhood. And uh, anytime, happy to come back anytime. And you guys uh, go ahead, talk to your, talk to the wives, talk to the important people and let's get you down here. I call it HQ. So (laughs) that's right. (laughs) All right. Thanks again, Bob. Hey guys, Bob Pizzini, uh, the owner and operator of iFly Virginia beach uh, does a lot of other great stuff. Check him out on LinkedIn, uh, all the other social media platforms. LinkedIn's just the one that, that I spend the most time on. So thanks again, Bob, for coming on the show. Okay. See you fellas. Have a great day. You too. Thank you for listening to the Get to Vet podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and follow us on LinkedIn. If you'd like to come on the show, email us at Mike or Trevor at gettovet.net. That's get the number two vet.net. And let us help you get to vet.